Ashley's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Welcome to Ashling's UN Insights. Having recently returned from an internship at the United Nations headquarters in New York, and with my family growing weary of my constant yammering on about it, I've decided to pass on what I've learnt to you lovely listeners. The UN is heralding the 2020s as their decade of action. So what exactly is it that they're working on? This week, we're looking at Sustainable Development Goal number 14, entitled Life Below Water. This Sustainable Development Goal aims to conserve and sustainably use the oceans, seas and marine resources for sustainable development. This includes goals to significantly reduce and then prevent marine pollution of all kinds, to sustainably manage and protect marine and coastal ecosystems, and to minimise and address the impacts of ocean acidification through enhanced scientific cooperation. By 2020, SDG 14 had also aimed to effectively regulate harvesting and end overfishing, illegal, unreported and unregulated fishing and destructive fishing practices and implement science-based management plans to restore fish stocks, to conserve at least 10% of coastal and marine areas based on the best scientific information available, and to prohibit certain forms of fishery subsidies which contribute to overcapacity and overfishing as well as illegal, unreported and unregulated fishing. This Sustainable Development Goal also aims to increase the economic benefits to small island states and low-income countries from the sustainable use of marine resources, including through sustainable management of fisheries, aquaculture and tourism. The UN hoped to achieve this through a variety of methods, such as providing access for small-scale artisanal fisheries to marine resources and markets, implementing international law which provide the legal framework for the conservation and sustainable use of oceans and their resources, and increasing scientific knowledge, developing research capacities and transferring marine technology. So how close are we to achieving those goals? Ocean acidification continues to threaten marine environments, and without change, a 100% to 150% rise in ocean acidity has been projected by 2100. In fact, it is estimated that acidity in oceans increased by between 10 to 30% just between 2015 and 2019. Fishing continues at an unsustainable rate, with only 65.8% of fish stocks being within biologically sustainable levels as of 2017, which is actually less than the 66.9% in 2015. But on a positive note, the reduction in human activity brought on by COVID-19 is likely to have given the oceans a chance to recuperate somewhat, and 97 countries have signed the first binding international agreement on illegal, unreported and unregulated fishing. Also, the amount of global marine key biodiversity areas covered by protected areas increased from 44.8% in 2015 to 46% in 2019. So, SDG 14 has not succeeded in achieving its goals that it set for 2020, but progress is slowly being made in some areas. The oceans are particularly important not only as a habitat for and source of fish and other marine organisms, but also for the roles they play in regulating the climate cycle, 
which is why action on this issue is vital. The scope of the United Nations is huge, since there are many departments tackling different global issues, so each week I'm shining the spotlight on one department and looking at the work that they do. This week I want to look at the United Nations Division for Ocean Affairs and the Law of the Sea, which is one of the units within the Office of Legal Affairs. The core functions of this division are to provide a range of legal and technical services, such as information, advice and assistance, to countries and intergovernmental organisations, and to conduct research and prepare studies all related to the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea and the implementing agreements associated with this. The Division does this in order to promote a better understanding of the Convention on the Law of the Sea and its implementing agreements, and promote a wider acceptance of them, as well as a uniform and consistent application of them and effective implementation. The Division for Ocean Affairs and the Law of the Sea provides advice to the General Assembly on the Law of the Sea and Ocean Affairs, and provides support to other UN departments and divisions to ensure that their programmes are in line with the Law of the Sea. The Division also provides training and technical assistance in this field, and conducts monitoring and research activities, including maintaining a comprehensive information system and research library on the Convention on the Law of the Sea. The United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea establishes many laws, but notably it established freedom of navigation rights, set territorial sea boundaries to 12 miles offshore, when they had previously been 3 miles, and banned nuclear weapons on the seabed. But the Division for Ocean Affairs and the Law of the Sea work on many other issues too, including piracy, marine biodiversity, ocean noise and climate change. There were a handful of international days this week. These days aim to raise awareness of a particular global issue, and if any of these topics really pique your interest, then I encourage you to look into them further, as that is exactly the aim of declaring international days in this way. Wednesday the 19th of August was World Humanitarian Day, which commemorates humanitarian workers killed and injured in the course of their work, and honours all aid and health workers who continue, despite the odds, to provide life-saving support and protection to the people most in need. Friday the 21st of August was the International Day of Remembrance and Tribute to the Victims of Terrorism, which serves to honour and support the victims and survivors of terrorism and to promote and protect the full enjoyment of their human rights and fundamental freedoms. Recognising this as an international day is necessary because victims of terrorism often struggle to have their voices heard, have their needs supported and their rights upheld, and can feel forgotten about after the immediate aftermath of the attack. Saturday the 22nd of August was the International Day commemorating the victims of acts of violence based on religion or belief. Freedom of religion or belief, freedom of opinion and expression, the right to peaceful assembly and the right to freedom of association are human rights. But there are continuing acts of intolerance and violence against people based on religion or belief. This day recognises the importance of providing victims of acts of violence based on religion or belief and members of their families with appropriate support and assistance. And today, Sunday the 23rd of August, is the International Day for the Remembrance of the Slave Trade and its Abolition. The recognition of this day aims to inscribe the tragedy of the slave trade in the memory of all peoples, and according to UNESCO, offers an opportunity for collective consideration of the historic causes, 
the methods and the consequences of this tragedy and provides the opportunity for an analysis of the interactions to which it has given rise between Africa, Europe, the Americas and the Caribbean. So, what has been discussed at the UN this week? As before, if any of the things I mentioned particularly catch your attention, then you can hop on the UN Web TV website and watch the meetings in full. On Monday, there was a meeting of the Committee on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, and there was also a meeting of the Counter-Terrorism Committee to brief UN member states on the updated technical guide and to promote it as a practical reference tool to help ensure consistent analysis of states' implementation efforts. They specifically covered counter-financing of terrorism, legal and criminal justice, border management and law enforcement, mainstreaming of the human rights aspects of counter-terrorism, inclusion of the gender dimension in peace and security efforts, including counter-terrorism, and the prohibition of incitement to terrorism and countering violent extremism. On Wednesday, there was a Security Council meeting about the political situation in Syria, and to mark World Humanitarian Day, there was a commemoration for humanitarian workers killed and injured in the course of their work, which was followed by a concert from the UN Chamber Music Society in partnership with the Sound Bridges International. On Thursday, there was a Security Council meeting about the situation in Somalia, and on Friday, there was an event to commemorate the International Day of Remembrance of and tribute to the victims of terrorism. That's all from me for now, but join me next week for more UN insights and news. See you then! Ashley's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Brooklyn Radio.